I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And the Oscar goes to Green Book. Green Book has five Academy Award nominations this year, winning three Oscars, actor in a supporting role, original screenplay, and best picture. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Next Best Picture podcast. I am your host, Matt Neglia, and this is our instant reactions to the 91st Academy Awards. Excuse me while I go barf for a second over here. Ew. And joining me for the sickness and the madness and the roller coaster that was the Oscars this year, I have Michael Schwartz. Hello, everyone. Josh Parm. Hello, hello. JC Aldridge. Heck and Bob Shame. And Cody Derricks. Hi. <laughs> That's all you can do, right? Is just laugh at this point. <laughs> uh, okay, listen. Jokes aside, I said that I was going to remain calm. I said I was going to... Oh, God, I was about to quote Green Book and say maintain my dignity. Oh, my God, what is happening? <laughs> oh, dear Lord. That's best picture winner to you. Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. Let's gather. So Green Book is officially our Best Picture winner for 2018, winning three Oscars for Best Picture, Original Screenplay, and Best Supporting Actor for Mahershala Ali. And it wasn't even the main winner of the evening. <laughs> oh, God. That, that distinction went to Bohemian Rhapsody, which yeah. won... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Correction. Josh, what's the correct title of that movie again? Oh, it is Brian Singer's Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah, yes, that's the one. Now, did he direct it? Because I didn't hear his name once tonight. Oh, yeah, that's right. Everybody seemed to forget to congratulate the director for some reason. Yeah, I think the whole team. Yeah. The whole team. Everyone on the team. (laughs) Every single person on the team. The spirit of Freddie Mercury works in mysterious ways, apparently. Well, that film won four awards for Best Actor, Best Film Editing, Best Sound Editing, and Best Sound Mixing. Mm. Which I have to say, like, I've had a couple of instances before where I thought the Academy proved that they knew the difference between sound editing and sound mixing. And I think I'm right back to believing that they don't. (laughs) Yeah, that that was weird because I agree with you, Matt. There are some times where I look at their winners for sound editing and I think, okay, Zero Dark Thirty, Arrival, you might know what you're doing. But to give Bohemian Rhapsody to give it sound editing is that's a bridge too far i'm sorry <sighs> that movie is nothing without its mustache clippings you know thank you <laughs> <laughs> i have some stick on mustaches in my car maybe they could use some of those uh, congratulations jc thanks you know what i will say about bohemian rhapsody is that i am 100 fine with it winning sound mixing because i think that is legitimately great work even though sure. it voted for a star mm-hmm. is born sure. now, that's a fine win but everything else film editing sound editing uh, actor i think the actor win. you know a number of years ago i went back and watched every single best actor or performance that won best actor in a leading role 
And I was thinking about all of them tonight. I even went back to look at a list. And I could honestly say, in 91 years of Oscar history, I think this is the weakest of the bunch. I really do. They couldn't even find a good clip for him. No, it was like a bad <laughs> SNL parody clip. His teeth were flying out of his mouth. Yeah, that, that is just weak, weak, weak. And, and how about that Oscar clip that they chose for him? Where it's not, it's it's one of the lip syncing clips. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, yep, it was. Yep. I Listen, I, I okay, so here's my honest to God opinion now that this has actually happened. I think that Malik is fine in the movie. I don't think that he's extraordinary, that he deserved to sweep this season like he did. Uh, but I also, I also don't think he's awful. I just, I just think that, I just keep going back to walk hard with Dewey Cox story. Yes. And I just keep thinking like this, this is the kind of performance that would win how many years ago are like, are we really that different that now that we should be reward? I, and the answer is that we're not apparently, I, at least I don't think we are uh, because we are rewarding very old fashioned type movies like green book and like Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. after being what I thought was very progressive the last two years with Shape of Water and Moonlight being the uh, major winners, you know? So I mean, just like, it's how like, poorly are these going to age, these winners? Like, you have right. to think about that. Oh, Crash has great company now, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so. it's, like, it's like they just had to appease the noise the past couple years, and now that they're back in safe waters, it's like they're just going back to the same thing. It's so it's just it was really disappointing um, on that on that scheme of things, for sure. But yeah, it's so disappointing for a show that started with rewarding women of color predominantly for the first like 20 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah, we had what the first four out of five and then to end with this. Yeah. And it's weird, too, because a lot of people will view the, you know, wins for Green Book as (laughs) they'll view it as progressive and you know, the Academy, quote unquote, doing the right thing and so on and so forth. If I may jump in here as our resident Green Book defender of the Go podcast. Ahead, Look, in terms of filmmaking, in terms of is this the best film of a year? No, Green Book is not the best film of the year. Green Book did not even make my top 10 of the year. At the same time, it is a movie I saw twice. I love twice. I still think about it and think it's a genuinely good movie, not the best movie of the year, but a good movie. And yes, some of it can be seen as a bit regressive in what some of its messaging is, how it presents some of its politics. I get that. But at the end of the day, I look at what the overall message of a movie is, what the story is conveying, what the themes are. And to me, even though it might be a little fast and loose with how it plays with some of that, I do think it's a movie with a heart that talks about building bridges and connections and growing as people and, you know, understanding our differences and coming together that way. So I choose to be the optimist here and look at the movie I saw and apparently the crowd that I saw with how they responded. I'm sure the way that the Academy did here, apparently. So, you know, I'm not going to take this pessimistic approach, even though I do see the problems that some people have with the film. To me, it's still a positive movie, even if it's not moving us forward, if that makes sense. Although, Michael, I feel like you could argue that with a lot of the nominees for Best Picture that were more deserving. Like Roma is about coming together. I think in Quaron's speech or somebody was talking about how it's it's representing um, that, you know, indigenous Mexican woman who has never had her story told. But it's also about the relationship between her and, you know, her um 
her employers in that sense and that they have that connection. And in Black Klansmen, you have um, John David Washington's character and Adam Driver coming together for the greater good of that story. And in Black Panther, like, I just, I just think that if that's, if that's, why people were were voting for this movie than it could have been found in every other nominee. There were definitely other worthy contenders, no doubt about it. I probably would have voted for four or five of these above Green Book. But sure. I think when you look at the win on its own for the movie, and I know a lot of people, and sometimes deservedly so, are quick to say, oh, this didn't deserve to take it. You know, I don't think there is some, you know, absolute statement there. I think people could look at this different ways and see that went on its own. Maybe if it wasn't the very, very best of the bunch, you know, when you're forming a consensus on this preferential ballot, I mean, I, I can only speak to myself here. I know it's a complex subject that people have been debating for months, but well, and I, I think, think we can, can all agree though that it's not way. the worst of the bunch. Am I right? No, God, no. No, that distinction belongs to Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> right, which I was worried was about to go, you know, five sweep. Five perfect yeah. Oscars night, and it did not. It op- the show opened up with Queen performing, yes. and uh, I, listen, I could have taken it or left it. I, you know, it felt like I was watching the Super Bowl halftime show, and it was it was okay. You know, I wasn't totally wowed by it, but at the same time, I thought it was a good way to get the crowd pumped and everybody was on their feet, and it looked like everybody in the room was having a good time. So, okay, the rest of the show, just from the show standpoint. Guys, I'm I'm impressed as all hell at the way that this show was paced and how well it moved throughout the night. I think mm-hmm. that depending on the ratings, because let's be clear, uh, I, they're going to react to the ratings. If the ratings go down, they'll they'll probably think that the lack of a host is is what did it. You know, if the ratings slightly go up from last year, um, I would be in favor of, you know, maybe not having a host in the future because sure. I, yeah. I thought that it, I think we're all unanimous in that in that sense. Right. Yeah. I did not it miss a good it show. at all. Mm-hmm. No, it was very well. Paid. You know, sometimes the host bits can be very cringy depending on who they are. Right. And I thought the presenters in general were doing a great job kind of hosting themselves. I mean, yeah, it was I thought- very funny. I was still laughing throughout and, and it just didn't feel slow. At all. Yeah. I thought they were going to go more in the style throughout of what we saw with Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, and Maya Rudolph, where they talk a little longer before they get to the category. But I think that was maybe just a way of starting with the first category and then going on with the others. Oh, yeah. That felt like a Twitter poll of, like, who should host the Oscars? Those are the three (laughs) most, like, likely. So they got them to do a two-minute stand-up and then head out. And I was okay with it. They were great. It was awesome. They kept it moving. Look, in general, I prefer a host. I like someone to, you know, be at the show, make some jokes about what's going on in the room, you know, comment on what's happening in the show. That's just me. I like when we would have Billy Crystal come out and or Steve Martin just react to what happened before. But in terms of not having a host and just having the show feel alive and moving and have everything be as it should, this was absolutely fine. Yeah. It was not the disaster that a lot of people thought it was going to be. And I do admit that, you know, if there was a situation like the Moonlight La La Land Best Picture uh, mix-up, what would you do if you didn't have a host to help guide you in that moment? I don't necessarily know. But what I do know is I do know that the show tonight, even though it didn't come in at exactly three hours long, it it, it did pretty good for itself in terms of its length. Yeah, it was about two hours 
17 minutes or i mean three hours 17 minutes i, think. I was gonna say two hours Not what bad. show did you watch yeah. <laughs> three hours 17 i think i mean th- some of the songs were cut a little bit uh not all the songs some. were performed <laughs> yeah and <laughs> uh, yeah I, I mean shala was not gonna get cut uh do you think that um all the stars being cut gave them like a, a, a moment of relief because they could get more time to shallow i think shallow was always gonna get the full performance honestly yeah and i have to say just from a cinematic standpoint yeah my god that was gorgeous yeah that was gorgeous. really well done would have loved to see it live the first time around, but yeah. I love that they didn't introduce it at all. It was just like you know the song. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't even come out from the stage. They just got up from their seats. Yep. <laughs> it was a great. It was a great moment all around. I mean, uh, I'll definitely probably rewatch that clip of them performing mm-hmm. that song over and over again. I mean, it was just stunningly well shot. I was so thoroughly impressed by it. it like, it actually felt like the movie all over again. Honestly, just in terms of its style, it really did. It was great. I also just loved Lady Ga- Lady Gaga, Regina King, and Olivia Coleman were my three favorite speeches of the night. Um, and Lady Gaga, I I just love her. I'm glad. I think I think she deserved that win. I'm glad that she didn't win for Best Actress. I know it's like a different topic in general, but I do love her win for that. And she's just so genuine. I love her. Me too. Regina King opening up the night with the yeah. Best Supporting Actress win. Great tone oh setter God. for the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, had the room in tears, herself in tears. I mean, that was that was fantastic. Yeah. Mm. God, and she, she did it without so SAG or BAFTA. Yeah. Now she joins uh, Marsha Gay Harden uh, from Pollock. What stats? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. This was a year to get rid of stats, that's for sure. just about the performance and the person, and she is such a well-liked person. I was watching over the weekend Cuba Gooden Jr.'s speech from 1996. And he thanks Regina King. That was 22 years ago. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. And she kicked into the campaign overdrive in this second phase. She she was everywhere. And I think that there was a clear awareness of of her vulnerability going into the Oscar night. And they recognized to get her out there. And I think that paid off. I think so, too. Definitely. Yeah, I think if they had announced the nominations later... Like SAG and BAFTA, I think she would have popped up at at least SAG. I think people just had to see that movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just quickly going down the list of uh, winners here, we are going to be doing a full breakdown podcast uh, tomorrow. We just want to get this up to kind of give instant reactions. Um, The shorts, I have never gone three for three on the shorts until tonight. Three for three, baby. I did it. That was incredible. here. Uh, and then I have to say, and I, 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 it, it pained me a little bit, but predicting Avengers Infinity War for visual effects all year. And then at the last minute switching to first man, I was very happy to get that right. And you know what? In retrospect, looking at it now, I'm very, very, very happy that First Man at least got some level of recognition, and it deserved more, like Beale Street. Matt, mm-hmm. you Pied Piper let us down the path astray. I was predicting Avengers, thanks to you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I went out on the shaky limb of Ready Player One, but I knew that that was a risky move to take. And the, my first prediction was First Man for the reason that it was the one that felt the most like a Best Picture nominee. So even though I got it wrong, I still felt a little justified because that tends to be the winner that you see in this category. How cool is it that Black Panther won three Oscars tonight? Oh, my so God. Cool. My God. If you had the seen first... me when Ruthie Carter won. Oh, man. <laughs> so happy. That was a there really was great a, moment. There was a part of me. I just started. To cry. I was like. Maybe Black Panther could win it all. 
I started to think it too. Right? I, I genuinely started to feel like, oh my God, are we heading? Because you know what it was? I was trying to mentally block out of my mind that Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody were going to win Best Picture. And I started thinking, maybe it still can be Roma, or maybe it can be Black Panther. Or maybe Black Klansman could have pulled the spotlight, you know? I wanted to believe that it was not going to be one of those other two. But, you know... I'm glad it was Green Book over Bohemian. I'll say that much. Small yeah. miracles. <laughs> uh, Vice won best makeup and hairstyling. Uh, not much competition there. Uh, but that also then leads to the fact that uh, every single Best Picture nominee won an Oscar tonight. Yep. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, speaking of Vice, can we talk about that for a second? How they got on stage and could not read? Ooh. No. Uh, it's like somebody yeah. didn't get the memo that they were trying to keep the short, uh, show short and cut speeches and stuff because, man, did they give the worst acceptance speech of the night. You know, and I hate to like, say it, but they could have left that one to the commercial break. Oh. I know. <laughs> I did think that. It's like, guys, they just brought your category back from the commercials and you were not giving them a reason to put it back there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Roma won for cinematography, foreign language film, and best director, Alfonso Cuaron, gave all three speeches. And you know, that is really significant that it made it so far, even though it didn't take the big Best Picture prize. The fact that a Netflix film won Best Director, Best Foreign Film and Best Cinematography, that is a big, big deal. Yeah, that is. I just like have to say, though, I mean, if this wasn't going to win Best Picture, like what is, you know, what foreign film is? If nothing that like gets this far is going to like take the big prize at the end. Well, I think it makes it hard that there is a best foreign film category. So a lot of people feel like they can put that film into best foreign film and kind of, you know, give it its credit there. And that's what it'll always run into. We read that on a lot of the honest anonymous Oscar ballots that were going out over the last couple of days that that is deliberately what a lot of people were doing. And Mm -hmm. ditto uh, for stuff like Lady Gaga, where it's like, I'm not going to vote for her an actress, but I'll vote for her in song, you know? So Mm -hmm. there is for some people, I'm not saying this is for everybody, but there is for some people a let's find a way to spread the love kind of mentality. And when it came to Roma, I mean, listen, we can forever theorize why Roma lost. Okay, we could chalk it up to the Netflix bias. We could chalk it up to the foreign language factor. We could chalk it up to people just didn't like the movie. For all we know, Roma won on a plural ballot and had the most, maybe say, number one votes, but it didn't have more than 50%. We went to multiple rounds and Green Book won a couple rounds later. You know what I mean? It's like, we don't know. Right. We just don't know. We could release that. And Green Book is now the fourth Best Picture Without a Best Director nominee? Oh, my God. Uh, I didn't even think about that. Wow. That's, yeah. that's an, an, an unbelievable stat to overcome. Wow. Second of the decade. Oh, man. And before that, Driving Miss Daisy. Argo? No, I mean before Argo. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's, all, let's, let's face it. This very much feels like Driving Miss Daisy all over again with uh, Green Book, you know, Spike Lee being involved. At least Spike, though, got to win. Yeah. Spike provided most of the good moments of the night, actually. <laughs> I know his dance. Uh, Spike. I love that guy. Samuel L. Jackson's reaction to Spike Lee winning was everything. <laughs> it was so. I love when the presenters can't help but show their bias towards winners. Oh, like when Salma Hayek would get like super excited over like oh, Pedro yeah. Almodovar winning. Not only yeah. Salma Hayek got excited, but she also like shows some shade. Uh, yeah. Every now and then. <laughs> when Samuel L. Jackson grimaced at Green Book winning screenplay. Uh, <laughs> I think the fact that Samuel Jackson was name. there to reward Spike, that was like two years ago when uh, 
Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were there to reward uh, Kenneth Lonergan. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. There was a couple. Of, there was a bit of that tonight. Did, did you guys like sense that there was a bit of that going on with a couple yeah, of the categories? Oh yeah. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know Guillermo del Toro won last year, but having Guillermo present to Alfonso Cuarón was also something that's, well, that's awesome. The They're just going to keep giving it to each other from now on. Yeah. <laughs> Watch Alejandro Gonzalez. Alejandro Gonzalez Yari two is going to come back next year. <laughs> Win a third. That's another amazing stat that half of the decade of best picture of best director winners will have been from Mexican filmmakers. Like no matter what happens now, it'll be five out of nine years at least from Mexican filmmakers. That's so wild. Pretty nice. Uh, Free Solo won documentary feature, and Spider Man Into the Spider Verse won animated feature. And the Pixar stronghold is finished. Uh, Spider Man swept the whole season now. I mean, it, I, it, listen, it, you know, we all talked about this. The only way that Incredibles was going to pull off a victory over Spider-Man was if it won elsewhere prior to, um, because that would have given anybody enough ammunition to say, you know what, this 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 dog still has a little bit of fight in it. Uh, but man, Sp- Spider-Man was pretty undeniable this year. It felt like justice for Lego movie. It felt like a way to honor Stan Lee's legacy. I was very, very happy with it. Um, free Solo winning it's like a miracle to me that Alex Honnold is not dead and that he was on that Oscar stage. You know, that that's just a really wild thing to me still. Uh, what else? What else happened? Oh, so, uh, I'll, I'll steal Dan Howitt's line. Glenn Close, but no cigar. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my oh, Lord. Well, the most start. shocking moment of the evening. Yes. Yeah. yeah. To, to some. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, so yeah, that's true. Josh, Josh is gloating so hard right now. Josh has a lot to gloat about. Josh predicted really, all the Bohemian actress. wins. He predicted Best Actress. I think Josh might have won the evening, actually. I'm not sure. Josh was the only one to predict Green Book for Best Picture. Look, I'm sorry, but I rarely get to gloat on my kind of out there prediction. So when Olivia Coleman won, like, yeah, part of my heart did break a little bit for Glenn Close, but I was also kind of happy that I was able to call that. And I, I don't know, guys, it just it goes back to the idea that she was the only nomination for her movie. And I think that was a really big hill to overcome for her. Yeah. But you know what? Olivia Coleman gave an awesome speech. And she I was just like a little her. golden retriever puppy. Like, you can't not love that. I'm not <laughs> even the biggest fan of the favorite. Like, it didn't make my top ten. I probably won't watch it again. It was just too... Ugh. But Olivia <laughs> Coleman as a person, like, oh my gosh, just adored her. It's amazing that the favorite won best, uh, sorry, won one Oscar like we all thought, but it was not the category we thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't remind me of that. No, <laughs> I, 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 I like, listen, no, I'm sorry, but um, there was a real genuine fear that was setting in with me in the evening that the favorite was going to go over 10. Yeah. A genuine fear. And so when Olivia Coleman won, on one hand, I was elated. I was shocked. I was also just like so happy that the favorite won something. But the sting, uh, I listen, I wasn't the biggest fan of the wife. I also wasn't the biggest fan of Glenn Close's performance, but I really did buy emotionally into the narrative of finally having Glenn Close get her moment. And I, I, I really, I sincerely feel bad for her. I really do. I don't again. disagree. Yeah. I mean, like I wasn't rooting for her. I didn't like the wife. I thought she was very good, but not, you know, 
Oscar worthy personally, but like, what does she have to do to win an Oscar? You know, guys, you, you were just saying the reason why she lost. You keep saying, I didn't like the movie that much, but I wanted to see her win. But that's not a narrative that gets you to an Oscar if you have competition. Sure. And yeah. I think that's the thing that did her yeah. in. She'll be there again. I'm not. So, I'm not worried about her. She'll so what other stats were broken? Saying tonight. like this is it. She's never going to win again. She's never going to have another chance. No, I think people are actually going to see, you know, the campaign that she had and how popular she was up until tonight. And I think I think she'll get her due one day. I really do. Yeah, me too. So me too, what other stats were broken tonight? We had another SAG ensemble no nominee win. We had a no best director win. We had a lacking precursors best actress. We had a non SAG BAFTA nominee supporting actress. What else was there? Uh, I think there's, uh, for the first time since 2002 in screenplay, no WGA winner went on to win the Oscar. Mm. Wow. Mm. That was a bowling for Columbine in the hours. So going from now on, is like is that proof in the pudding that the preferential era, you really need to kind of not completely live or die by stats i mean i, I yeah. think <laughs> you can't do that anymore i think stats are now a lot more malleable now like there's sure. it, it now it just becomes you need to take stats but also just sort of read the room too like i think that stats can kind of guide you in some places but they're not going to be the be all end all like they used to be i mean let me let me put it to you this way i could have done so much better on my uh ballot tonight if for example I had chosen Black Panther for score instead of Black Klansman, but I had the right thinking in that I knew it was going to be a Best Picture nominee. Yeah. I also could have been smarter about the fact that sound mixing and sound editing typically tend to go together. And I was I knew Bohemian Rhapsody was winning mixing. There was no way it was going to lose. I should have picked it for editing when I looked at the other nominees and it just like... You know, there were, there were certain things from a stats perspective that still could have helped. Um, but there were a lot of races this year where gut instinct, uh, I think, played a factor a lot. So, and also, too, let's not forget Green Book won Golden Globe. It won PGA. And it was going to win Ali no matter what. The question was if it was going to win screenplay. And it had the Globe. Favorite had BAFTA. And WGA went to a film that wasn't even nominated. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know, it, you could have you could have gone with anything here. So, uh, do I think stats still play a factor? Yeah, I, I do to a certain extent, though. I definitely agree when it comes to best picture. Um, the reading the room part of it is definitely crucial for sure. Oh man, I don't know. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around all of this though, uh, it, because I keep going back to just this. Uh, the way I will remember this Oscar night is I will remember this Oscar night as a night where. To my recollection, I can't remember an Oscar night where I was so happy so many times, but also so miserable so many times, all in the same <laughs> you know, evening. We're going to be more coherent tomorrow when we record our full-length episode. This is just our instant reactions to what we just saw. Exactly. So I know we're going to have stats and numbers and all these crazy details when we record in about 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also just, I, I think just to kind of maybe cap this, is that if anybody is feeling kind of bad about what certain races how they turned out i think something to just keep in mind is that the oscars have always gone through pendulum swings it happens throughout their entire history where they will reward something a little bit more daring and innovative and then they'll kind of go back to something more old-fashioned and traditional this is not new 
It happens all the time. And there, just because you're unhappy this year does not mean that you will then be unhappy next year. Mm-hmm. Very well said, Josh. Thank you. Yeah. I, I like that message. And I still want to also point out that just because your favorite film didn't win Best Picture, I know that's seen as the most important thing. But I want to just reiterate something that Guillermo del Toro said tonight, because I think it was extremely important. These are still the same movies they were before the evening started. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't forget that. Yep. It, it doesn't diminish any of the other films that they did not win Best Picture. And you know... History has its eyes on us, so mm-hmm. that's true. History will remember. Time will tell. Uh, you know, time is something that will tell whether or not if, you know, as we look back, will Green Book be seen in a more favorable light or will it be seen as Crash Driving Miss Daisy, you know, a few others? You know, I think we all have our minds made up now, but who knows what time will tell, you know? Oh, here's another interesting stat that I just read. So in terms of the acting winners that we saw, you have three winners of color. Mm-hmm. First time that's happened. And three uh, characters who were LGBT. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Even though Rami mischaracterized Freddie Mercury as gay, he was not. He was bisexual. Yeah. Thank you. And also none of those performers are uh, LGBTQ themselves. That could be the next step. Yeah, hopefully. You know, so far, actually, Ian McKellen is the only person to be uh, a openly queer person and actually play a queer character to be nominated. For Gaza Monsters? Yes, that is kind of crazy to me. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wowie. Okay. Um, I don't have any other uh, final thoughts on the evening other than to say uh, that I will have a lot more to say tomorrow. (laughs) As we all will. Yeah. So take a breath, everyone. The season is over. You know, read up on the stats if you want to but otherwise we're in a new year now and we'll see what happens then absolutely well said everyone well said thank you so much uh to the entire team here for uh sticking it out this late and uh joining us here on the podcast and thank you so much to everyone that's listening right now uh we hope you enjoyed the evening and remember like we said even if it wasn't the outcome you wanted uh i think that we got a show that was worthy of well our expectation, I, I thought just from a presentation standpoint, the show was fantastic and all of this worry and debate and questions and, you know, <laughs> evil thoughts in our minds that we had maybe coming into the evening about how it was going to go given the uh, lead up uh, with the Academy. It was a very well put together show. And <sighs> yeah, I just want to thank all of you for being civil and awesome and Let's have a good show tomorrow night. All right? There you have it. All right, everyone. Well, we'll see you all then. Take care. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths, 
and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.